This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad thai, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19 Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimums apply. Leicester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube and listen on your podcast platform. Oh, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! Back of the net. It didn't happen in 49, 61, 63 or 69 when they reached the final. But the class of 2021 have delivered. Leicester City are FA Cup winners at last and are history makers at Wembley. A modern day football miracle. They have blown their rivals away. They have blown us all away in truth. Premier League champions 2016, the amazing Leicester City!
Till I Die TV. Mm. Your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. And now, here's your host. Right, Chris. All right there, guys. And how are you? How the devil are you? Oh, Tottenham 3, Leicester City 1. Yeah, it was what it was. Uh, we shouldn't be surprised, really. But um, an interesting game. Got a lot to talk about. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. It's the post-match show with Chris and Brad. You can find us on YouTube at Leicester TID. And if you are, sorry, at Leicester TV. Sorry, Leicester Till I Die TV. I'll get it right. It's been a long day. Uh, on YouTube, please feel free to uh, give us a subscribe. Um, hit that like button and also the notification bell as well. Uh, be much appreciated. That's Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, wherever that may be, thank you so much. We're on the uh, the big four, uh, Amazon, iTunes, um, Google and Spotify, but we're on a lot, a lot of others as well. In fact, this is where you can find us. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Broadcasting live worldwide. We were. Uh, Mike Green, big up. Thanks for popping on. Uh, couldn't join your watch along. I, I saw you doing your own darts, mate, your own darts channel. It was no problem whatsoever. Um, and drop into watch and hi. Say hi to everybody. And he's like he says there, please like, share and subscribe. Chris is a great mate and guy, mate. You've got impeccable taste, <laughs> and you're so right. <laughs> and uh, Rennie, hello, Sal. The devil are you? Welcome back. Like me, sat through ninety minutes of the watch along. Uh, I don't know. Let's bring Brad in, and because uh, I've got a funny feeling about this. Good evening, Brad. How the devil are you? Uh, I'm all right. Yes, I mean. Just one of them, wasn't it, really? I don't think we came in here with great aspirations or expectations against Spurs, given our record. A little bit disappointed in that second half. Uh, you've obviously seen my adequate way of summing up the game <laughs> with, <laughs> with what I sent you across for, for the end of the show. But uh, apart from that, I'm not too, I'm not really too disheartened by, by what I saw today. No, I mean, um, Mike, I didn't see any of the game, to be fair. You didn't miss much, Mike. Uh, Rene, I knew we'd lose tonight. Uh, and David, hello again, Chris. Nice to have Brad on too. It's a difficult game to analyse because a lot of what we did was quite good. and We were unlucky. But again, the basis was where we, we lost out. I think David, to be honest with you, hit, has hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think... I did the watch along earlier and uh, I was joined by Ant and I didn't know Ant was going to pop on from Ant's Leicester TV channel. Please go and give him a subscribe. He's doing great things. I know he's just finished his um, summing up. Um, and he popped on and we also had an Arsenal fan on as well. Um, and I've got to be honest with you, the Arsenal fan was probably more upset at us losing than Ant and me were. I mean, I, I want... Leicester to win every game, Brad. Of course I do. But 
this was almost like a free hit. And if you said, like, would you give up three points to get, you know, the win on Thursday? Of course I bloody would. And I think, you know, eight changes, it kind of reflected Brendan's thinking. Yeah, it did. Uh, I think it was always going to reflect in Brendan's thinking the changes today, regardless of what had happened prior. I think even if Leicester were sat in fifth or, 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 or higher or whatever, fighting for your Europa League spot in the league, I think today would have been that game where you were saying, out of all the fixtures we got, this is probably a free hit. Um mm. It was a little bit, again, a little bit disappointing coming into this game because it would have been nice to have a free hit, knowing that we're still in a race for the Europa League spots in terms of in, in terms of league position. But it is what it is. And yeah. to be fair, until that second goal that really killed us off, we, we actually played quite well. Yeah. Um, I don't actually think mm-hmm. we did a lot wrong in terms of, you know, no. I don't think Spurs overawed us. They scored, look, they scored two quality goals. And, yeah, God, I could I could have sent you that Buzz Lightyear and Wood. What, what do you mean? Couldn't I corner goals everywhere? Because <laughs> it was. I mean, that song goal, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. In, inside, <laughs> I was applauding it, you know, in, over the head, passed it off, got it back, top bins. I mean, you couldn't have wanted, asked for anything more. Hi, Scott. And hi, Rennie. He says this was Team B. Yes, it was. I was pleased to see, and I've been I've been ranting on about this for a while. KDH, Madison, and Tillemans were rested. That said, yeah. I do believe KDH and Madison have got little injuries. Um, surprise, surprise. I mean, they've you know, been playing how many games on a row, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it's hardly it's surprising. Not, yeah, it's almost like running your midfield into a ground could cause them to be a bit worse yeah. for wear afterwards. Yeah. But at I least think... they weren't listening to feature at all today. That was no. I know yeah. Tillemans did come on, but at least they, the majority well, Tillemans of them... wasn't, Yeah, Tillemans wasn't injured. Um, but the other two, I'll tell you what, Brendan, if those two players, KDH and Madison, are not on the pitch or are not 100% for Thursday... I might start calling for your head because it's been, we've been shouting for ages that you need to give them a break and you oh, suddenly yeah. do because they've got little niggles. Well, they shouldn't have even, even been in that point to have a little niggles. Oh. So, well, I, I would, ironically, I'd instantly go on the defence of that because this was the first game that we found out and, and maybe he should speak up more about it because he doesn't really mention it and, and, until it, it almost gets forced to, to mention it. it this, by the sounds of things, was the first game in a long time that Samore was actually completely injury-free to step in. He might yeah. have wanted to give a rest earlier to the likes of his players. It's just that, unfortunately... Um, it's he's had the of... players. He's had... Chow- I mean, I'm sorry, you can't yeah. go... You know, he's dropped Mendy. Yeah. Mendy wanted to leave, and I don't blame him. When you're not included in any squad, of course you do. He isn't indeedy, but he's a he's a good stand-in. We've got Chowdhury, and I've been awful. Brendan was blowing smoke up his arse, uh, you know, at the back end of last year with a couple of performances, especially that one against Liverpool when he was out on position. Well, don't blow smoke up the guy's arse and then hide him away for the next four months, which is basically what he's done. And, you know, yeah. you, you've said when he's yeah. played Tillemans with Mendy, he's had Tillemans monitoring Mendy. Um, I, I just... I can say, as much as I love Brendan, I do think sometimes 
And I will be mad if they are not fit for Thursday. I will blame Brendan because we have had players. Brunt came on today, um, you know, so he could have easily come on. Um, a second second game of the season. I'm sorry if they are not fit for Tuesday. The blame is 100% at Brendan's um, at Brendan's door because we have got players that could have replaced them. Yeah, I, I, I suppose when you think about it like that, I just guess that uh, there's obviously some mistrust there, but it's something we've been discussing for several weeks about certain players, some very baffling yeah. themes of mistrust as, uh, uh, as well. So I, I would be like you, if, if they are injured um, for that game, then yeah, but I'd also maybe think that maybe Brendan did want to rest him before, but the players he wanted and, and trust more for whatever reason, weren't available to come in. But, yeah, I guess if Brunt's coming on against Tottenham when it's 3-0 and he could have come on, you know, to change the game up against Everton and against Villa and against Newcastle, these players could be coming in because it's something that has become a very enjoyable thing to see from Leicester. But we have started to see that near this back end of the season, players that Brendan's got an eye on that are impressing in the under-23s are getting game time. You know, we, we've we seen it over the years with, with, with our youth production. So, yeah, I could argue that maybe I'm in agreement with you about Brunt maybe has always been an option if that's the case, if he was willing yeah, to talk to no, him. Yeah, he is. And Chowdhury as well. Mm. You know, like I say, he's been on the bench. Um, yeah. And you can't... I'm sorry, as a manager, I mean, we, yeah, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Of course we don't. We don't know what goes on on the training camp. But, you know, when, you, when you're blowing smoke up somebody's arse as much as Brendan was after those two games, I can't remember... And did say who the first game was just before Liverpool, probably possibly Man United. I'm not sure. Then the Liverpool game, you can't oh. do that, and then not not you know <laughs> he disappears when we've when yeah. indeed he gets injured. I just don't understand Brendan's thinking. Sometime uh, Chester Leicester, hello, how the devil are you, sir? How did Daka play? I heard he did hit the post. He was very unlucky, um, yeah. and if that Great goes in, save, you know, actually. Great yeah. finger save actually by Larice because if he doesn't get the fingertips on him, it probably hits the post and go in. Yes, yeah, it does. Scott says at any point over the last three games before today, we could have played either the academy players or the likes of Chowdhury, etc., that have been given game time. And good evening to Helen. How the devil are you? I hope you are well. I mean, looking at that, I like to say it's a bit of a weird one because. I'm not mad, mad because I say it was it was Tottenham, and we you know we never seem to win against Tottenham these days. And obviously, I want the the best players to be available. So I knew the check for Roma. So I knew the changes were going to come. Looking at oh, oh, oh I mean, I'm looking at that there. And Martin Shoyunchu. I mean, none of them did anything wrong majorly. I wouldn't say any of them were worse than anybody else. But for me, I've got to pick out um, Samari there. I mean, yes, it was, um, you know, probably when he's back, been finally back to full full fitness. But I thought he had a half decent game. Yeah, I did. I don't. Again, again, yes, the scoreline reads three one, but uh, it wasn't uh, a game that sort of matched the course of the ninety minutes. Because Spurs, despite our tempo completely going off the ball in the second half, it was like Spurs were laid siege to our goal. They had five chances, five on target. And scored yeah. three of them. Mm. Something that Leicester fans got very familiar with doing themselves uh, for the last two seasons. It 
it's something that I'll, I'll, I'll touch on in the tactic segment, but uh, it's just one of them. Unfortunately, we seem to, they're, they're our biggest Achilles heel. They're, they're, they're so much of Achilles heel. They affect both our Achilles because they just took their chances, you know. You could yeah. argue it was the wrong time to play Spurs. We've got one eye on a European competition. Spurs, that, that's where you play teams across Europe. And, um, you know, Spurs Spurs have gone two games without a shot on target. They're probably, they're probably doing backflips when they realised they were playing us for the third game because they thought, well, surely we're going to at least see a shot on goal today. Yeah. And that's when that's yeah. the case. Uh, and uh, as I say, I, could, I, I, I can't get too annoyed because to me, it, it, it was a free hit. I mean, the overall performance of, of that Leicester side... I mean, we, you know, we are playing a Tottenham who, let's be honest, we did have a top five team at the moment because they sat there, depending on what happens at, at, at Arsenal. And to be honest with you, 30 minutes into the West Ham-Arsenal game, there was no shots on goal in that game after oh. 30 minutes. So we can't complain too much. Um, no. But, you know, when I saw that, that, that team, in fairness, if that was to start against the Norwich or Watford, You'd think that they would beat them. Yeah, in fact, you look at the, you know, and I, and I know it's there, the, the, the aggressive way we played with that formation. Hmm. You, you'd probably expect us to want the floor with most of the Premier League with, yeah. with that. And not just a Norwich, still probably a Southampton, uh, you know, hmm. and, 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 and a Brighton. Uh, you know, you'd think that team would go at a team and, and cause them all kinds of trouble. Yeah, um, you to, definitely um, would. I mean, I don't know what's happened to Brighton. They're like getting the second win, aren't they? You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, may, maybe now, maybe now, Graham Potter's you know passed over from Hogwarts. He's he's, he's learned to bounce his magic a bit because Brighton have got that second win, and it's it's annoying in a way because I wish I wish we could have found it because I, I, you're talking again. Yeah. We're talking about free here, and again, take the fact that we've got Roma out the the equation. It would still be a free hit, but you, you're now looking at this. I don't know what's happening in the West Ham game. I've had an Arsenal fan send me a little shades smile, so I'm guessing Arsenal are winning. Um, but you look at them and their points, and you just think: Have we applied the same way that we played against Roma and in that first 50, 55 minutes against mm. Tottenham today? Have we managed to apply that against Villa? Mm. Newcastle and Everton, it's yeah. so it makes it even more frustrating that this is even more of a free hit for the case that we literally have nothing to pay for. It's a free hit knowing that, oh, well, if West Ham lose, we'd only be three, four points off and with a game in hand. And it, it makes this season even more frustrating to, to, to witness this back end because it's just, I don't know, it's just something that's frustrated me the way we're, we're kind of. Yeah. Going out without a fight to a degree, yeah. in, in a weird sense. In, in 1-1 again between West Ham and Arsenal. Uh, David's just um, agreed there. And, and it was it's a case of holding got Arsenal's goal after 38 and Bowen equalised for Arsenal on the 45th minute. So uh, yes. that's 1-1 at the moment. Um, we've done our bit, Arsenal. What more do you want? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let, I mean, let's just go through some questions here very quickly. Um, do, 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 where are we? Um, where do you see Leicester going from here? Can they win the Europa Conference or is the season's over for them? 
for me, it's a cup game, Helen. Um, I think the league is possibly over for us because we're just going to finish mid-table. Uh, but, you know, let's say we finish 10th and we've got a semi-final place if we, do, if we don't go through in, in a European competition. If we hadn't had the last two seasons, we'd have been rubbing our hands saying, what a great season. Yeah, yeah, and we would have at least, and again, it's something that, that maybe needs to be reaffirmed when people, you know, lost their heads over the last three months about essentially getting rid of Brendan and replacing him. Is you know, we 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 won, and again, people are going to go, Here we go, they mention the league because the Leicester fans are apparently infamous for only mentioning two things winning the league and playing in League One. But when you have a point of reference, you have to refer to these points. and when we won the league, we went on a bit of a cold boil, didn't we? Where we would yeah. have, like you said, had we not won the league, we'd probably been happy with eighth, ninth place finishes, which is yeah. more than acceptable to do in the Premier League. You're, you're probably achieving well above the means of survival and you're, and you're putting a good fight in to, to climb up that table progressively over, over seasons to come. And since, since Brendan's come in, we've got to a League Cup semi-final. We've won the FA Cup and we're in a Europa League semi-final. And again, I'm with you. Even if it doesn't go the way we hope, even if we get to the final and lose, you'd still... Mm -hmm. I, if you'd have told me in August, here, here's what's going to happen to your team. It's going to get decimated by injuries and, and that's your journey. I'd have gone, I'm looking forward to the journey. You know, I'm looking forward to, to it because I see that as yeah. progression because... People seem to think it's so simple to handle four competitions on the forefront, and it really isn't. And I know Leicester went out early in the FA Cup, uh, and, and 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 in the you know we got to the quarterfinals of the um, Carabao Cup, missed out on that. To be perfectly honest, now if we're looking back over it, we probably missed out on a on a chance to to maybe lift the League Cup yeah. um, this season. But we've showed that there's a squad that's so young and developing. That if this is if this was your benchmark for this season, I'm very happy to say right for the next two or three yeah. seasons. If that's the benchmark we're setting, it's it's not a bad benchmark to it's, be at. It's almost than... like it's almost yeah. like we won the league too soon, if you like, because yeah, it, yeah. You we're know. doing it in reverse and kind of getting the middle mm. now. Sort of. Yes, yeah. I mean, Helen's met, just made a very good point here. Um, does it do clubs any favours by having more Europa, Europe League fixtures? Uh, you know, is it a waste of time? It isn't a waste of time, but it doesn't. Arsenal, where Arsenal are now, and Arsenal fans will admit this, because they haven't had Europe. You know, had they yeah. had Europe, they may not be fighting for fourth place. Had Tottenham still been in Europe, um, they might be not be where they are now at the moment. You know, if they'd gone as far as us in the uh, conference and hadn't got chucked out. Man United... Um, Obviously, they're, they're just shit whether they're in Europe or not. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, but they are. But I mean, you, for me, it—you've you, got to want more games. You know, if you want your team to do well, you can't. You know, you can't say, "Well, yeah, I probably want to finish eighth, so we don't have Europe, and we'll have another go at winning the league." You, you've got to want to play in all these competitions. That's why you have the, the big squads, and it certainly helped us when we won the Premier League that we weren't in Europe. And all the teams around us were. Of course, it does because we're playing less games. I mean, we got knocked out the both cups quite early on that season, and we didn't have Europe. We only had to worry about <laughs> one game a week. But 
if you're going to yeah. be successful, you're going to have more games to worry about. Uh, but a question for you, and I'll let you answer this one, uh, seeing as I've answered that one. Uh, do you see Rogers being sacked at the end of the season, says Helen? No, I don't see why why anybody would. Um, and the reason being for that is their owners, unlike some owners that get protested and, and, and toilet roll and, and that cabbage is thrown at them, well, that's more Steve Bruce, but still. Um, <laughs> the owners have got sense. They're very good. They're very gracious. They've learned from their own mistakes. They've learned from their own impatience. Because, again, let's not forget that when they came in, they were like Watford. They were firing them and bringing managers in through the door, left, right and centre. Granted, we had that really dodgy period where clearly managers were only here for a few games to boost them and then they'll piddling off like Megson. Yeah. Um, but... Um, you know they've learned to kind of assess it as a whole, and 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 if you you know if fans are sat here going tenth in your Europa League semi final minimum, and that, you know that's again without knowing our, the outcome for next week, I think the owners would go. You know what? Considering everything he's had to deal with, considering everything the clubs had to go through, and what them players have had to deal with and take on, and yeah, and, and, and try their best not to suffer with burnout because that's one of the most mentally difficult things to do as a footballer. Yeah. I think yeah. they'll sit there and go, you know what? Okay, next year, fully fit squad. People keep saying, let's see what less to do when they're fully fit and what Brendan can really oh, do. With I, them. I, I agree. I agree with you. And you know, to me, with Rogers as well, he's he's he's. And managers don't get the time that they used to. And don't get me wrong, we're not we're never going to see another Fergie or another. Uh, uh, Arson Wenger, uh, whether they're sort of for for twenty odd years, I can't that I can't just see that happening again. Maybe Watford. No, I can't see that happening again. But you know, Brendan's got a project here that he's doing. He's bringing the young players through, which is obviously one of his you know his attributes. And to my mind, if we now sack him. Yes, if we're having if we're having a really bad season, then you know we're down sort of sixteenth, seventeenth, playing about. Then you know we, we reevaluate. But to me, if we get rid of him now, we're just wasting the last couple of seasons almost because new manager yeah. comes in, doesn't like player A, B, or C, so he goes plays a different formation. So E, F, and G's got to go, and you literally literally starting from scratch again. I just I don't yeah. I don't see it. Like Mike says there, with everything that has occurred during the season, you're two wins away from winning the European Cup. It's very true, Mike. It is very true. And David says here, I think it's fair to say um that on balance, more positives from today's game than negatives. With so many changes, we still had Spurs on the back foot for a lot, and we were lucky with Dakar near miss. One hundred percent, David, one hundred percent. If we'd gone out, let's say, and lost to Arsenal today with that. We might be having a different conversation, but uh, but no, and certainly um, certainly not uh, not for me, uh, Brendan. Going uh, the Leicester model is a football status, not a business to an extent. Uh, get what you're saying. We need to sign Luckman and Nani to beat Spurs. And uh, Helen says the reason why I said that comment, Chris, is that there are many teams who qualify for Europe but can't make the step up and go any further. No, I, I accept your point. I wasn't having to go yeah. at you, Helen. I totally yeah. 100% because I and, I, and I, I could have, should have mentioned this and I didn't, but you look at the likes of Burnley when they qualified for the Europa League, they struggled mm. the following season. Wolves 
kind of did as well. There's a lot of clubs that have got that. I think, you know, we were probably one of the first few that that didn't, apart from the big six, yeah. because the big six have got the, the bigger squads and what have you. Yeah, um, and you also have to include, you know, even just slightly further back than, than that. You have to remember what happens to the likes of Leeds and Fulham. Fulham are kicking the ball around in the championship, being the next lining up to be the next Norwich. They're getting the yo-yos out. Leeds spent yeah. years in the championship and, and down in the Dolls Elite at League One, and they haven't really recovered from it. They, they, they maybe just about, although Everton's results probably dragged them back into it again. You know, Leeds, Burnley. Yeah. You look where on three clubs, and you're talking three former European clubs, whether it was only in one season or not. Everton, Leeds, and and Burnley, play, look where they are now. Yeah. And, and if Leicester can kind of, you know, like you said, if you want to be a top six club, you can't have your cake and then decide not to eat it by, no. by deciding, actually, we want a year out of European football because we can't handle it. You've got to go, no, we, 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 we want European football. We might not get it through the league, but we want to win a cup. I mean, you can't win a cup and then go, oh, thanks for the Europa League, you know, yeah. Let's, let's say we beat Marseille or Feyenoord in the final mm. to beat Roma. And we can't just go, oh, well, thanks, but we don't want to... No, we don't no, no, we don't want the Europa League football. We just we want to concentrate on qualifying for it in the league way. No, you're going to go again and you're going to play in the you're going to play in the Europa League and you're going to play in the Carabao Cup and you're going to play in the FA Cup and the league and you're playing mm. on all four fronts because if you want to be the best, you've got to be able to compete with the best. And, and that, you know, you don't see... Well, maybe Jurgen Klopp, but he blames the snow, wind, rain and the length of the grass. Minus him aside, these clubs as a whole, and we're talking your Arsenal's, we're talking your Spurs's, and we're talking your Manchester's uh, clubs and, and your Liverpool's hierarchy at least, want them competing on all four fronts. They want them leading the way. And they have, they've been, they, the reason they're so successful as clubs in periods or not, or right now, whichever way it is, is because they always compete on these four fronts yeah. more times than not. We've yeah. had the ambiguous years and the moments where they've thrown the toys out of pram, yeah. but success mm. brings more competition. It does, it does, and that's the thing. And you know, I, I, I hadn't realised that Leeds are well back in it now. Um, if Everton win the game in hand, they can actually jump over over Leeds. But looking at yeah. looking at looking at the teams today, I mean. They've got there, if we look at it, as Son as man of the match. And in fairness, I probably couldn't argue much about that. Um, our man of the match there, um, Inacho, I mean, he did take his goal well, didn't he? Yeah, he don't half like hitting a, uh, a ball from the edge of the box past Tottenham. I think he's got about five or six goals past first from that sort of range before. And mm. this one hit the inside of the post and went in. No reason didn't get anywhere near it. And... Uh, it's amazing what happens, Chris. I don't know. I feel like I had a, a, a dream where we played about 20 or 30 games last season with two up front. It's amazing what happens when you go, when you switch to a well, two I, up front. I did say to you, didn't I? Because I think, I don't know whether I was awake when I when I thought I messaged this to you, but I think I sent you a text before the game saying, are oh, we actually got two up front? Yeah, and I, I was looking at it before I went on to the yeah. Sky website and I thought the same. I thought, oh, he's gone to up front. He's going Dakar and Ian Atchow up front and, and that. And uh, it wasn't. I, th put... I think Ant said if there was five different sites, they all had five different formations. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. It was well confusing. But yeah, let's, go, let's, go, let's go through the team there. Schmeichel, was he at fault for any of the goals? Uh, No, not. Not, not really. I don't think uh, he, he, was, he, was, no. 
He was nearly at fault for a goal, but that didn't come to fruition. Thankfully, Castagne bailed him out when he tried to catch that corner. But yeah. he also stopped them scoring from a Mendy horror back pass, didn't he? Which, yeah. you know, I don't think Casper did anything wrong. There's sort of all he can do about either a Son's goal and we yeah. haven't been able to defend from corners all, all, all season so I'm not I'm not laying the blame no. for that the low Casper was fine for me for the goals you could not <coughs> excuse me you could not blame that no goalkeeper was getting Son second yeah. I don't care you know that, even if Vestergaard at six foot seven was a goalkeeper he wouldn't have got to that you know yeah. I mean, um, I mean that, that that cliche you could have had two of them diving for it and they wouldn't have saved it, it was that. yeah that is true um Castagna and Thomas, excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I hate that. You know, when you're waiting, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, oh, Castagna, I don't you know. We're saying Thomas probably didn't get as forward as, as he usually does, but maybe that was Spurs um, uh, keeping him in check. Um, I thought Castagna was okay as well. Uh, Castagna was fairly decent. He made some vital blocks and, and, and covered. The, the you know covered the pitch well when when Leicester were maybe caught out or a defender was out of position. He does that quite well. He goes on notice actually. He does come inside a lot to fill that mm. gap if one of the defenders is caught out uh, of position. Luke Thomas was okay. You already know that I'll touch on it uh, on him later. But there is some concerns I have about mm. Thomas um, that haven't really been fixed ever mm. since he came in and made his debut. I, I ironically I think he made his debut against Spurs, didn't he? For a lesser. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Someone might correct me. But yeah. it might have, it might just be Spurs he doesn't like playing because I think last time he got caught out was quite a bit nervy on the ball against Spurs. So um mm. I have a few qualms with him but for the majority of it he was all right, wasn't he? Yeah. And Martin Soyunchu, I mean I thought Soyunchu had a decent game and yeah. yeah. Okay. Again, it wasn't really. It wasn't like it was an absolute panicked mess, like the defense was in the home leg or yeah. in other games previous, where we've been at sixes and sevens with Sion Trinamati. Again, same mistakes from corners and, and two wonder goals from well, a brilliant goal and a wonder goal from Son mm. aside. The defense really didn't make that many mistakes. No, we actually probably. No. We actually probably kept the ball and didn't give it his way as much as we have done in weeks and weeks. And unfortunately, we just got punished. It's funny that, you know, I sat there thinking, had, had we not got Thursday coming up, I'd, I'd, I'd be probably more annoyed by you. If we got Thursday coming up, that wouldn't have been the team. Um, oh, oh, Brighton and Perez, your thoughts uh, on, on them? Because again, I mean, to be, it's funny because I've just had 90 minutes of um, Anthony, Anthony um, going on about uh, uh, Perez is his poster boy. He really does like Perez. And I have to be honest with you, he didn't have an awful game. No, he didn't. Unfortunately, Perez suffered with the same problem that all Brighton had. Uh, in the first half, he was a lot more... In the game, he was a lot more involved. It felt like that Old Brighton and, and him were switching wings every so often. And you know, to be honest with you, he the only the only reason he started to get shut out of the match was because we 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 more went down that side more predominantly, and Spurs were able to read it and 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 surround him a bit quicker. But again, he had a fairly solid performance 
which is which is nice to see if he's going to become that you um you know that utility player that comes on and comes on every so often. I'm probably using the word utility wrong. I feel like I am, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, someone who yeah. comes on and yeah. does a job for you. Um, All Brighton. Look, we know what All Brighton does. He's not blessed with pace in his thirties. He never really was probably in his twenties, to be honest with you. But he did a job. He puts in quality balls. Mm. But if you're going to use All Brighton. Then in the summer, we need to invest in a bit of height in our team because he's putting in quality balls to five foot nothing players, unfortunately. Yeah. Balls that if we had Vestergaard playing as Walsh up front, like we <laughs> did about... say that. I knew it was a free kick and O'Brien was taking it. I didn't say to Ant, I didn't say, God, we need, we need, we need Vestergaard up front for this one. You know? Yeah, well, um, maybe, that's, maybe that's a tactic we can adapt yeah. going forward where we whack Vestergaard and on. And and Mendy? Reliable. Did the job, clean up the mess, minus that heart in mouth back pass that Schmeichel made a. Yeah. We, we were, maybe we just had a lot of praise on Schmeichel because, you know, before Kane had a chance to think, you know, you know, Schmeichel was at him and he was diving and he, he, he'd already practically made the save before Kane knocked through. He hurried Kane into, into shooting there when normally, if the keeper's any slower off his line, he, he, he drags the ball wide of him and has an empty net to sat it into. But minus yeah. that, Mendy and Samari for me were were quite good to watch and, and quite good, especially in that first half, but going forward as a, as a unit. Yes, yes, indeed. And Inacho and Daka playing together. Well, oh, it's amazing what two strikers up front together actually can do because I thought again, and t- and I know it's going to be the talking point of this game until that second goal. We were quite aggressive on that front foot and we got the ball to them a lot quicker where they prefer to have it a lot further up the field. You know, yeah. I, I don't remember a time, especially in that first half, where I saw Daco or Iniacho picking up the ball too deep in the Spurs half to be able to do anything or picking up where they like to get it. And yeah. and, and Daka, oh God, he couldn't catch a break, could he? Just when you probably need a, a really decent goal to, to really up his confidence and yeah. finger tips deny him. But it was nice to see our front two Two, that's two from two, yeah. uh, being creative and causing Spurs a lot of issues because they pressed they pressed the occasion quite well, didn't they? Yeah, no, and I, I, I'm I'm not I'm holding my criticism of Daka back because if this was Vardy, we would not even be thinking like ooh, or questioning yeah. him in, and that is totally unfair because we've seen Daka score four in Europe in one game. Um, we've seen, you know, we know the fact that he's, you know, he's won a league. So it's just a case of it clicking for him. And I'm not going to get on, on, on his back at all. And and um, Helen asked me a question, which I will say, I'll come to your questions at the end, Helen. So bear with me. I've starred them. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on, on his back on that one, to be honest with you, because I think uh, he, he doesn't yeah. deserve it. But, it is now, and I think if Brad's ready, we're going to try something new this week, uh, which probably means it'll fall flat on its face. No doubt. No, no, <laughs> like, no, doubt. no doubt. Like a broken egg. Um, let's just get... Um, I've I, I got a jingle. Or, here we go. Here we go, Brad. Let's get this going. No, we shouldn't. That's not the one I was thinking yeah. of. I just it's saw your... Take two. Take two. There we go. Take two. Take two.
and he's stripping off ready. Um, <laughs> this is Brad Tactics moment. No, no longer aboard. We've got we're almost catching up with Sky, but not quite, okay, yeah. but almost. And I just hope that I can do the job right for you when you tell me. So we'll start there with slide one, and I'll leave you to to give us a, a, a an appraisal of the whole game, Brad. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Well, I need to be able to see that myself. Unfortunately, um, the slide won't allow me to make it bigger. But as you can see there, that was the starting lineup, and it looks quite defensive with um, Mendy and Samore holding that midfield uh, line, and that allowed actually for for Leicester to 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 press quite well. Uh, you may be thinking it was a bit defensive uh, on that forefront. It may have suggested that we was going to play the game like we did when we played Liverpool at the King Power and be uh, every man and their dog behind the ball and Leicester going forward. But what that actually allowed um, in terms of the tactic in, in that first half was for Leicester to actually be defensive and aggressive at the same at the same time. Is it, if we just go over here. To the next slide, you'll see if Chris can just click click us on. Lovely, yeah. We were defensive uh, aggression is what I like to call it. It was quite aggressive in the first half. Leicester really didn't get out of their own half off the ball, and what that actually made was for instead of sitting back and having like a five six man. What are you doing? Well, how's he done? He's 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 trying to disrupt me tactics like 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 a man going down on the pitch and rolling around for 10 minutes for a waste of time. But yeah, Leicester didn't really get out of their own half. But instead of sitting back in a line of like seven or eight or nine, as he's fiddling around with it is, I give him the skills to edit it. And this is what I come up with, ladies and gentlemen. He's gone back to the starting 11 now. What has he done? Chris, you've messed it up. There you go. So Leicester really sat with a four front line of Perez, Daka, Ian Acho, and all Brighton on the halfway line, ready for the press, with some more race, slightly more forward, but still defensively minded. And, and as you can see there, Mendy tucking in to that defensive line in between Soyuncu and Amati, which allowed a bit more freedom towards um, Thomas and Castagne, allowing them to get forward. And what that meant was, in the first half, what we saw a lot of, which may have surprised people, it certainly seemed to surprise Tottenham and Conte in, in the first half, was, as you'll see in the next slide over here, slide number three, is that when Leicester went forward, they were really deep and really committing men forward into that half. It allowed for Soyuncu and Amate to sack halfway inside our own half to control that mid uh, to control any loose balls and to reset the attack if necessary. Mendy was allowed to push forward just inside the Spurs half. And the likes of you know Samore uh was in line with the likes of Thomas and Castagne who pushed up from the wing backs position. And that almost meant that Leicester had four men at the edge and inside Spurs's box on a high high line press. That meant that Perez and or Brighton were alongside Dakar and Inacho in that first half. And if Leicester got the ball forward enough, quick enough, which they did quite well in that first half, Leicester had six men going forward in the middle and, 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 and you know, and, and four out wide. So they had the options to spread it quickly and got right in behind, in behind there. And for the first half, Leicester doing that was absolutely brilliant. They, they flooded that midfield. They stretched Spurs, 
Spurs were at sixes and sevens chasing the ball. And, and, and Leicester were able to keep a shape that even when it reverted back and had to be reset, if, if Spurs did have enough bodies in, they weren't going all the way back to Casper with it. They were sitting quite high in their own half and, and trying to ping a ball around to get in behind. And some very precise, pacey play with their passing helped Leicester do that quite a lot. And we saw that with the Dakar opportunity that... Um, um, yeah, that's okay. That's fair enough. We'll, we'll 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 work on it. It's a work in progress, Mike. But it, it, in the second half, I want to point out one player that caused me a few issues and caused Leicester a few issues, but not for the right reasons. So you'll see here on the next slide. Uh, we'll have to work on on the zooming image on it. But on the next slide here, you might not be able to read it. It's the trouble with Thomas. Now, a few seasons ago, we used. Ben Chilwell as a scapegoat. And as you can see there, I don't know if I can pinch in the screen so I can see it, but you guys might need to pinch and zoom in the screen to see what I can see um, to make it a bit clearer. As a left back and as a left wing back in the top half of the screen, Thomas looks very comfortable. But it's when he's in that middle, when he's in that middle of the pitch, by the halfway line, he gets caught out. He seems to get very static. He seems to put his foot on top of the ball and look around for his options. He's not as free running as he normally is when he's linking up. When we see the link up play with Justin Barnes on that side, you see it's very free, free flowing. He'll knock the ball on and then he'll run. He'll run past Barnes and he'll give him that overlap or he'll go on the inside to give him that underlap and, and allow Barnes to go on outside. Thomas needs to probably be a bit more understanding in that he needs to be a bit more decisive and he needs to know what to do because he got a silly yellow card which had he actually made contact he would have got a straight red it was from behind it was reckless it was a slide he panicked and it, co it cost us a lot of possession of the ball and, and, and really took the sting out of some of our attacks when he was found in the middle so if we go into the the, the last slide that's got the pictures of it this is the thing that we were screaming out for since the start of the season, really. The end of last season, the way it worked. Two up front came way too late. And it's the only aggressive attack that Leicester had in that second half. And obviously, I wasn't able to edit the players in, in, in time because it wasn't Perez. But we had Brunt and you had all Brighton. And you also had Tillemans just behind, behind, that, behind that attack line. But in terms of a front four... We had two wingers, left and right, and we had Nacho and Vardy up front. And when that happened, Spurs, maybe a case of being 3-0 up, took the foot completely off the gas that helped it. But that was the only time, and it took 88 minutes for us to have a chance to really express that, where we got in behind Spurs again, we was on the front foot, and we showed that we've got that ball forward and got in behind that Spurs midfield, that we could be aggressive and, and get a goal from it. And in the end, a Vardy header and a Nacho goal were the only two chances we created. But it wasn't until that 75th, 80 minutes that we switched that two up front. And you could clearly see it was a two up front by that stage because Daka was off the pitch. Um, and Nacho was no longer dro dropping back. He was being told to hold a high line. And I just feel that if we take this shape, which is where we have our wingers sticking wide and we have... Nacho alongside Vardy or Daka alongside Vardy or whatever, we have a consistent front two. And if we do that, we'll do well. 
And finally, on to the last slide, the summary of it all. As you can see, the summary, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. Well, the good was the first half. We was quick at passing. We was aggressive, not just on, but off the ball. We was pressing them well. We were forcing their back line into mistakes. We were winning the ball high up the pitch. You know, we was quick on that press. And we actually flooded the midfield. Something that previous teams that have played Tottenham and got results from them did very, very well. The bad was in the second half. We completely lost that tempo. The tempo was very poor. It dropped a gear. We were poor in the pressing. And we was very predictable again. In the first half, we interchanged our wingers. And in doing that, we were very unpredictable of which side we was going to go down, whether it was Castagna on the right, whether it was Perez on the left, whether it was Perez on the right, whether it was switching it to Albrighton who switched over to the left. In the second half, we were very one-dimensional. What was very ugly, first of all, was our panic. We panicked when we were pressed in that second half. When Tottenham realised we were being lackadaisical at the back and they finally decided to press us, we panicked so much. And that Mendy mistake in the first half was the first sign of things to come, really, because that's when they nearly, and really, Kane should have scored there. You know, we were sloppy when we were closed down and we were far too slow moving that ball forward in the second half. You know, they say opposites attract, but opposites did not attract in comparison to how we pressed and how aggressive we were in our defensive aggression in the first half to the second half. It was, it was the worst scenario case of a game of two halves because we lost that identity. And you could tell by the frustration on Brendan's face that it was not what he was asking the players to do. And it's something that's been a consistent theme for this season that needs to get changed by next season. We need to be consistently, as much as possible, like that good column, as you can read there. We need to be aggressive. We need to press them well. We need to push them back. We need to push them all over the field. We need to be precise with our passing and we need to be pacey with it. The complete opposite is where our mistakes come and it's where the goals come from. Minus a world-class effort, that's where the goals came from. And that, Chris, is where Leicester got it right and wrong today. And a very good uh, analysis of the game, Brad. Uh, we, are, we are working forward with this. Um, it's just a case of us uh, tweaking it so that we can get it big. But I've got a few ideas and yeah. we'll, we'll what, be speaking what, with Brad. Yeah, I mean, what I might do is scrap the title and make make the pitch fill the whole slide. Like, you can see yeah. how this word is quite clear. Yeah. We'll see. We'll, right have, we'll have a talk about it after. Yeah. And yeah. we'll be right back uh, to finish it off the show straight after this. There we go. Thank you very much. If you haven't yet already, please uh, get over to YouTube, Lessons Lad ITV, and give us a subscribe, like the video, and share it if you can. I mean, look, looking at that, I mean, we know possession doesn't mean anything, but just to sort of round the the, the, the stats off there, we had it 60-40, uh, expected goals, well, yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, total shots, 13-6. I think I'd be going more mad about this, like I say, if we hadn't got the um, the game on Thursday. Mike yeah. says here, great analysis, mate. Nice one. 
Um, and Davy says, I like this segment because you cover a lot of the parts of the game that I don't notice, whilst I'm holding for Leicester to do better. Like <laughs> he is. Yep. It makes more sense than most, uh, most um, uh, what do they call them? Experts, uh, for want of a better word. Um, yeah, so, I mean, let's just have a look what we've got coming up here. So, these were the score predictions. Um, yeah, I went wrong again. Uh, Marshy went wrong. Walshy went wrong. Jerry Taggart got the right end, and so did Ian Wilson. And Steve Linitz is 4 0. You wouldn't know from that how much he hated Tottenham, would you? No, don't sit on the fence, Steve. No, not at all. Um, and then, uh, where are we? I'm not sure whether I've got it. Did I upload it? No. Um, overall, I mean, would you be more mad if we weren't playing Roma at the weekend, oh, in the midweek? Would I be more mad if we were playing Roma in the midweek? If we no, weren't I mean... playing Roma and we just had that performance? Uh, yeah and no. Again, it's hard. It's you can. It's only easy to speak in hindsight because yeah. we've seen it now. But again, do we play that start in eleven with with no Europa League game? Probably not. We probably don't rest KDH. Brendan probably refuses to drop his players because he thinks they're machines and not human beings that need a rest. Um, but again, we didn't. Again, until they got that sucker punch of a second goal. And even the first goal, really, even the commentators were saying that Leicester were controlling that game. Mm. And it did ring, you know, true to the performance that we gave at the King Power against Roma. And if you want to take all the positives from that game, which was the performance up until the hour mark, was if we play like that going forward, and I'm not just talking the end of the season, but we yeah. bring that into the next season with the tempo and, and, and the press pressing rate, and I, I really do feel that we that, that we'll we've got a lot to look forward to going into into next season. Yes. Playing yes. that way. Yeah. Like I can say I think sometimes every team has a an off season and, and you know if it's, if an off season leaves us with a European trophy, then let's have more of them. You know? Yeah, I'll gladly but, I'll gladly have more tenth place finishes if we're winning trophies every season. I'm sure there's some Spurs fans out there who would love to win one. Yeah, well, most of them, I think, to be and honest Arsenal. with you. Yes. Yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, they all swap. As you know, as you know, we always ask uh, Alan Bennett, uh, Leicester Till I Die blogger, at, um, at the match. He always goes to home and away when he can. And he sees the game. And as soon as he walks out of the stadium, he sends me a text with uh, his man of the match and his player ratings. And obviously, he sees a lot more than we do. Um because we only see, you know, what 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 the camera's showing. He sees a lot of off play, off ball play, etc. But this is how he's done this match. Um, so he gave the manager four, he gave the team five, and he made man of the match was for him. Leicester's man of the match was Timothy Castagna. Thoughts on that, Brad? It's a hard game to judge because he said again, that. In fairness, he did say that. Yes. Yeah, there wasn't really any standout performances from from either. Well, Son, sorry, I'll take that back. Son was a standout yeah. performance uh, in his own in his own little world. But it wasn't anybody really. You're not you're not talking like Kane or 
so you know, apart from so you're not talking like Kane ran the show or Vardy played really well or Mendy did really well. They didn't do really bad even on these plays. And the reason I mentioned Kane is because I'm thinking collectively, like no one from Spurs either, really minus Don, stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Um you might be inclined to give it Kalecini Nacho because he's the only one that did anything of positiveness for Leicester in terms of getting a goal. But mm. five and four, I, I feel the manager felt a little bit let down because, again, and I know it's a term I've used quite a lot this show, but it, it, it happens in football. That second goal just seemed to kill the tempo of, of, of what Brendan Rodgers was asking from the lads and they weren't able to ever regain that. And it got a bit sloppy. So, Four or five, I, I probably would have given them either fours or fives, both, but I'm not that's nitpicking, you know. And I said, I, I told our fans about nitpicking against Roman at all, so I'm going to agree with Alan and say he's right with his, his ratings there and yeah. not nitpicking. Yeah, at the I mean, like I, say, I don't think that the team were brilliant, but they weren't bad. And did the manager sort of get it reasonably right with the substitutions? Guess, guess he, he, he didn't particularly do it wrong, you know, like you say. I mean, he's no. I'm just looking at him now and he's sort of saying, you know, he bemoans the fact that there were cheap goals we gave away. Yes, they were. And maybe yeah. he, he does need to work on that for next season. You know, we're back to conceding yeah. from a corner. Um, the funny thing is, uh, looking on the BBC website, which is the one um, that where the, where the fans vote for it, um, they've got Schmeichel as our fan of the match. Uh, I mean, he made a few good saves that probably kept the scoreline respectable. But again, you probably not for the reasons we were hoping. But you probably could have, to a degree, picked anybody from that from 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 that side as your yes. man of the match. Because yeah. while whilst they were having a bad game, again, nobody really set the world alight apart from Son, literally. And again, something they're going to have to work on. Something yes. they're going to have to work on in the off-season. We're talking about adding depth and maybe clearing out a few players that aren't quite at the top six level, which Le yeah. Leicester are to be, um, which I'm sure we'll discuss and do a show on uh, afterwards But uh, in the off-season. But maybe there's a defensive coach that needs to be added to it. Maybe there's yeah. a set-piece specialist we need to bring in. We need that, to look... Not said, you know, when, Fafana, yeah, when Fafana came back and scored the goal... Uh, in, in against Wrens, and I think it was his first game back, and he scored the goal. He yeah. made a point of going over uh, to Colo, didn't he? And and really, so maybe maybe there's more to it than than, than we meet than we say. Uh, Brunt, yeah. Brunt got our votes as the worst player at four point one nine, which I think is probably again a bit harsh. But um, yeah, there we go. It was nice to see another youngster coming through, wasn't it? You know, yeah, it was. Again, yeah. philosophy wise, David says to, to you, uh, Brad, one of these days when you have time, it would be interesting for you to contrast us with two up front and no Barnes or true wingers versus one up front and more width with players we currently have. Well, there's I, I, a challenge I'm for sure. you. There is a challenge for you. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll design one and try and show the spot the difference, if you if you will. Yeah. And and, and you you know you'll need probably more than six slides to get through that. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe. Brad, thank you so much, mate. I'll let you go. What I'll do is I'll message you um, in a bit regarding uh, what we can do regarding the uh, um, the graphics. But I mean, they worked. They worked, and I and I do like them. 
no worries, mate. I'm glad everybody appreciates it. And, uh, yeah, it's a pleasure as always being on here, mate, even if the result's not a pleasure to see. Yeah, I know. And do, I, I've got to say this through gritted teeth. Give my best to Chloe. <laughs> yeah. I will do Although my dad's supporting Wolves So, you know, the, the one I prefer more won that game So I'm happy <laughs> You've got to say that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I know, mate, I know But you've still got to say it, you know Brad, mate, thank you very much Have a good weekend I will see you on Tuesday night For the prediction show Yes, you will uh, I'm thinking I'm about it, aren't they? Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. That, oh, there you go. Clock chiming in. I'm right on time. What yeah. I was going to say, I'll move away so everybody can still hear me while that's going on. I was going to say, I don't think it's changed the leaderboard, but it's definitely made things interesting, hasn't it? It has made it interesting. Yes, <laughs> indeed. And on that note, I'm going to say, uh, no doubt you remind me on Tuesday. But thanks for oh, mate. Yeah, no have, a, have a good one and thanks for that and, and the uh, tactics and everything. Take care. No worries, mate. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Right, so, Helen, let's have a look. Um, so I did say I'd come back to your questions, didn't I? So, um, Chris, what have you made of players like Samare and Daka? Do you think they are premier status? I think we've got to give them time, uh, Helen. I and mean, I've said this quite a few times that... When you sign a player from abroad, remember, we're not buying a Ronaldo or a Cavani, you know, that, that's, that's been around, that's got the experience. We are buying these younger players. Both of them are title winners from their respective countries. Um, you've, I've just got to think we've got to give them a little bit uh a little bit um, longer to bed in. This hasn't been a good season for players bedding in, as you saw, because... You know, <laughs> they've had to play different roles. They've had to play with different players. So I, I'm, I'm not actually, um, I'm not actually um, thinking that you know it, it hasn't hasn't really been a a good season for them to bed in. I mean, Fafana is he's completely. I mean, he you know it's sink or swim, and he threw in. You know, we threw him in the deep end, and he swam. And what a swimmer he's proving to be. Uh, but, you know, Daka, we know he's got it in him. Four against Moscow. We know he can score. So, you know, let, let's let's give them time. And Samare, <coughs> excuse me, he, you know, he's he's not really had the game time, but he's had his injuries, he's had his problems, he's had a few personal problems. They've got to settle into a different country, a different style of football. And look at him today. As I say, wasn't a 10 out of 10 performance, but in all fairness, he didn't have a bad performance. So, you know, I think, I think they will come good, but we can't always expect all of these players to, to, to hit the ground running like that. And your next question, <coughs> excuse me, we'll just have a, have a drink of water. Oh, who's replaced that with gin? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm joking. What do you think will be a success for Leicester come the end of the season? And do you think Leicester have improved under Rodgers? Yes, we have. Um, we, we have definitely improved under Rodgers. I think he's probably um, the best manager we've had for a long time. Ranieri was good, and I I would have Ranieri's babies, I'm not going to lie, but he he kind of kind of rode on the um, 
on the coattails of Nigel Pearson because, you know, had Nigel Pearson not done what he'd done the season before, Ranieri probably wouldn't have won us the league. But he would have he would have done all right for us, which, um, you know, he'd he, he'd maybe got us fifth, sixth, whatever. After that, we kind of struggled. Um, you know, I, I touched on it earlier. Did success come too early? I mean, we all love the success, but did it come too early? And then... Um, of course, we went through a few managers. Well, we didn't see, we didn't like his, you know, time with us. But it's only when people have gone that you kind of say, yeah, they probably actually did more than than, than we give them credit for. I mean, you know, with Prell, we were very much um, moaning about his, like I say, style of play. But he brought quite a few of the youngsters through. You know, he brought Barnes back. So, you know, maybe he has to just be given a little bit of credit, um, which maybe maybe he hasn't. So, uh, if we finish 10th, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, let me, I'm going to be point blank here. With everything that's gone on this season, with all the injuries and everything like that, if we can finish 9th or 10th and be in the semi final of the Europa Conference, for me, that hasn't been a bad season with everything that's gone on. So, um, you know, it would obviously would be nice to win. Um, <laughs> you're not sick, Chris? No, I'm not. I'm not. I just needed just needed some lubrication. Um, do you see it as desperation, Chris, at all, clutching at straws? Um, I don't know what you're referring to there. Um as to what is desperation clutching at straws. Just just elaborate on that. Um, you've had quite a few managers, not as many as Watford, though. Nobody's had as many as Watford. They change the, the, their, uh, their manager more often than uh, some people change their underwear. I mean, and it doesn't work for them. You know, got rid of the manager that brought them up when they were sat in 12th, and where are they now? And I was watching the Watford-Burnley game, and when Burnley scored, Roy couldn't even get out of the... Uh, with the um, out of his chair, he was he <laughs> was that old or just was that resigned to going down? I don't know. Um, with our transfers, um, no, I don't. I don't think at all. Um, if you look, we've got Sumari who may be coming in. He's very much a box to box midfielder. Um, you know, if we're going to be losing Tillemans, he could not. You know, him and KDH together may mean we don't need to um, spend as much as we, we would have done to, to get another midfielder in. Uh, Daka, he is bedding in because Vardy's not going to go on forever and soon we will see Vardy uh, playing the last 20 minutes, coming on for the last 20 minutes, in that super sub when the defenders are knackered and he comes on with his speed for 20 minutes but he won't be able to do a full 90. Look at Soyuncu. I mean, when we when we sold Maguire, I, I don't know how much we got for him. Some ridiculous price, some team played. Sorry, Mike. Um, but you know, we we sold him. Sorry, Unchu came in, and it was like we'd never been away. You know, it like we there was there was it was seamless. It really was. But he'd had that time to come and bed in, and I think what Leicester do, where a lot of clubs don't, we are um, proactive towards our transfers rather than reactive you know we look at it and we go yeah okay maybe Tillemans is going to go on on this date we need to be thinking about getting somebody in to play um to, to play in his position so 
that, that's I think was why when you look at these players, Soyuncu, if he if he'd have played that first season, he probably wouldn't have been any good. But you know, he'd had that season to bed in. Harry Maguire went, he came in and was as good. Well, you could you could argue that he might be better than him at the moment. Uh, are we going on a tour pre-season? I, I, I suppose it depends on COVID and what happens. Uh, we Sometimes we go abroad and have a bit of a training camp abroad. Um, we generally tend to sort of play, because we're the only club in the in the county, we tend to sort of support the smaller clubs around and, and play them. And then have one big visitor uh, to like we had Barcelona, Real Madrid, etc. In the past, have one big visitor visitors for a game. Uh, last question here: How long's my voice is going? What's happening with Vardy? Is he in or out next season? Like retiring? No, he he, he he can he can. I mean, you look at him. I mean, he's thirty four, thirty five. He he's, he can he can still outrun most most of us in hundred meters. I tell you, like I say, he will. Slowly, he stopped playing for England. He stepped down from England, a bit like Alan Shearer did to prolong his uh, his team career. And he will um, stay with us a little bit longer. And he would, like I say, be that super super sub. Because I'll tell you something: if you've had Daka running at you for uh, seventy minutes, he goes off, and your defenders are thinking, "Oh, thank God for that!" And he, oh shit, Vardy's coming on. <laughs> so there we go. Right, thanks for your questions, Helen. Um, I hope I hope I passed the test. Uh, got enough right. Monday tomorrow night. It, Monday is now officially our review night. Uh, we have two review shows at seven o'clock. Join me and Lou, and we'll be looking back at all the domestic results um, over the last week and weekend. And then at nine o'clock, join myself, uh, Anthony, and Doug. And we'll be looking at the uh, European games, so Champions League, Europa Conference, and then the four main French, um, four main European divisions: the French, the German, the Spanish, and the Italian. So a little bit different we're trying there. So it's the UK review, Premier League review at seven, and the Euro review at nine. To everybody who's been watching, thank you very much. To everybody who's put the questions and comments in, uh, Rene and. Um, David and, and Helen, especially. Um, thank you very much. And, and again, and David, thank you. Yep, thank you there. Thank you, David. Um, see you again tomorrow. Uh, thank you, yes, and thank you for your support. Uh, and it's been great talking to you as well, uh, Helen. Have a good bank holiday. Not long to go now. Nearly the end of the season. Can you believe it? Can, I don't believe it. Can you believe where this season has gone to? But Thursday night, all roads leave to, lead to Rome. Fingers crossed. Hope we can do it. It's 1-1. We've done it at, at Eindhoven. Why? Who's to say that we cannot do it in Rome? Fingers crossed. Come on, you foxes. I'll see you tomorrow night at 7. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening on the podcast. Good night. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.
Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.